Welcome to the Red State Blues, the official podcast of the Wyoming Democratic Party, where we talk with political leaders, candidates, and community members about what life is like living blue in a red state. Today on the Red State Blues, we speak with Marcy Kindred about the innovative methods she used to connect with Senator Lynn Hutchings about the topic of Medicaid expansion, what it means when we can find common ground, and what legislators can learn after they have disappointed their constituents. Hello, everyone. This is Lindsay Hanlon, the Deputy Communications Director for the Wyoming Democratic Party. And with us today is Marcy Kindred, who is one of our former fantastic uh, legislative candidates out of Laramie County, and is currently doing a ton of really cool activism. Marcy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Oh, thanks. I was very inspired by the work that you did in the last legislative session to try and get Medicaid expansion to actually go through by working with your district senator, Lynn Hutchings. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of all the things that you did to try and reach out to Lynn? Oh, Lynn, my friend Lynn. Um, (laughs) So how it really started, it was kind of just legislative fatigue, which is (laughs) I got yet another like call to action, email your senator. And my senator happens to be Lynn Hutchings. And we all knew that she was like a, like most likely to vote no. And nobody gets a response from her emails. And so it just felt, futile. Like I just did not want to write another email. And so I like just flippantly looked up her number in the directory, the Wyoledge directory. And I, um, I called it and instead of the email, I was just going to like, see if I could get a hold of her, gave it a call because Wyoming politics are so wonderfully weird. It happened to be her home phone number. And <laughs> I talked to her husband. Uh, She was still at the Capitol. I talked to her husband, had a good conversation, like explained why I was calling. I know Senator Hutchings' thoughts on Medicaid expansion, but I was hoping I could get a minute with her and just maybe just chat, just chat about why she feels the way she does and why I feel the way I do. And maybe we could, we could change each other's minds or something. And he was really nice. And he was like, yeah, I'll tell her you called. Um, but he was honest, like she's really tired after the session. We'll see if she if she has time to call her back, call you back. So I was super surprised. I was actually on the phone with somebody else when um, she called at like eight thirty that night. She called me back, and I had like Marcy Kindred, and she's like, "Hi, what can I do for you?" And I was like, "Excuse me." Like it was kind of an awkward exchange. So I was like, "Who is this?" It's like, you called me. And I was like, oh my gosh, Senator Hutchings, how are you? And thus began um, a series of phone calls and we talked for hours, just hours. And I will say I was very surprised at the the amount of time she gave me. And I feel like because she was willing to give me time, I felt like it was worth my time. How long did you guys end up talking? That night, over an hour. We talked for over an hour that night. Um, I read her some of my testimonies that I've given in different committees. I actually testified in her committee a few weeks prior, but she had surgery. So she had to leave early. So I started it off like, hey, I, I really wanted you to hear this. 
this um, testimony that I gave, but you had to leave early. Can I just start with that? And read her my testimony. And she, she was, she like, I can't put a finger on how she was. Like, she was like, that's really nice. Thank you for sharing that with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was like, did it change your mind though, Lynn? And she was like, no, (laughs) that's a no. And I don't know, by the end of the night, I mean, our conversation went everywhere. We talked about her history um, found out her mom, like she grew up on welfare. Like we had more in common than she would have thought, or I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we talked about religion and all sorts of things. And by the end of it, like I did have some hope. I did have some hope that she was persuadable. She promised me that she was going to do a bunch of research on the subject and, um, that she had not made her decision yet. So it did give me hope, which is sometimes all you can have in this work. And and so, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of it. So then did you talk to her again or what, what happened after that first phone call? After that first phone call, um, I reported back to healthy Wyoming, the coalition, Mm -hmm. just like, Hey, I don't think we should write off Lynn Hutchings. Mm -hmm. I think, um, we have some avenues. I do think if we could tap into some of the religious communities, that is a huge motivator for her. Let's like get some of our, our, the Christians in the coalition to like say why their religion, like why that motivates them to fight for Medicaid expansion. Mm -hmm. Um, Real Jesus heavy, (laughs) because I mean, like, if if Jesus was around, he'd pass Medicaid. Right. Right? Like, that it seems like his jam. Yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> we kind of focused on that angle, and I just started collecting letters. Mm-hmm. Just started collect, and especially from her district. And we didn't have a whole lot of time. This all happened within like a week. My conversation with her to gathering um, letters and. Uh, so we just kind of started rolling with it. And I guess, <laughs> do we want to talk about how I got my nickname? Yeah. let's. <laughs> if you're okay with it, I know it's still yeah. like. <laughs> I, it's, it's there. It's not going anywhere. Um, I'll just own it. During that first conversation, when we started talking about religion, and I, I kind of brought up um, – my whole thing about like, this is what Jesus would do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she always countered with like, but how do we pay for it? That's her main motivation Mm -hmm. of just like fiscally conservative. We don't want to get in over our head. The debt clock, Marcy, the debt clock. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I brought up the Sermon on the Mount and that – Jesus didn't ask us like how we were going to feed all these people. In fact, his apostles like questioned him. Like we only have this many loaves and fishes. And he said, mm-hmm. have faith, have faith. Yeah. And then they fed the multitudes. Mm-hmm. And I said, this Medicaid expansion are these loaves and fishes, Lynn. Like if you have faith, if you truly believe that if you do the right thing, the Lord will provide the way, um, he will make the way possible. Like 
test your faith, hun. Like, and we really, and she, um, she laughed. And really when we started talking religion, this is how I knew this was our in. Yeah. Um, she really opened up like after that interaction, that's when she told me about her mom growing up on welfare and like, like she really just opened up. So I felt like we really connected on it. And so I just, and when, <laughs> and when I did tell her like Medicaid expansion is our loaves and fishes, she said that would be one super loaf is what she said. Okay. One big super loaf. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I laughed and I was like, it is, it is our super loaf. And she goes, I'm in a, all right, super loaf. And she just started calling me super loaf. Um, <laughs> And it's stuck. And that's how she will forever refer to me. She has, I mean, we can all see it, right? Yeah. Okay. We know what the loaf is. Yeah. Yeah. We went to junior high. We know. Yeah. She doesn't. And it's it's almost sweet. Yeah. Like the amount of like, uh, yeah, the innocence there. But um, I allowed a sitting senator to call me super low for the next two weeks because it was an endearing term for her. You were a stronger woman than I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how the nickname. <laughs> I mean, it's in record <laughs> testimony. It's it calls me super low. It's yeah. It's, it's just stuck. It's part of the job, I guess. <laughs> uh, can't, Along with the testimony, I know you kind of delivered a gift basket to her. Can you tell me about the gift basket and kind of what went into that? Yeah. So um, that was my idea. When I started collecting testimonies from people in her district, I was like, we're going to hand deliver this to her and I'm going to bring her a present too of um, a basket of loaves of bread and fishes, which were... (laughs) In fact, Swedish fishes. Um, who doesn't they, like They keep it a little bit better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I didn't want to bring a trout to. <laughs> um, so we did. Uh, my good friend, Ed Banish, he's also in her district. Uh, he offered to deliver them with me. And he he contributed to the basket. So we did. We just, we put a put together a basket of loaves and fishes. and. It was over 20, 20 testimonies um, from her district. Like they were from her district. We got them within like 48 hours and we delivered them to the floor. And I got to tell you, I don't think Lynn gets many visitors. She was, she was very gracious. And like, I had just gotten out of quarantine mm-hmm. um, because I had COVID-19. I they like released me. They said I was good to go, but I, it still felt weird. Like being out, like I didn't feel great. I hadn't had a fever for a long time, but anyways, she like insisted on like a hug. And I was like, Lynn, I just had COVID. Like, I don't. and she's like, Oh, you know, yeah. I'm sure you can guess her yeah. thoughts about yeah. COVID-19. Yep. Like take off that mask. I want to see your pretty face. And oh my God. she made me take off my mask. And I was like, Lynn, I just, if I give you COVID, like, Everyone here saw this, right? <laughs> and and yeah, we delivered them. I have pictures of her reading them on the floor. Like she really read them all. Yeah, which makes the ending of the story. Super triumphant <laughs> until. 
<laughs> Yay! And then she voted no. Yeah, and if you watch the recording, I was there. I made sure to come, and I sat right in front of her and gave testimony. I wasn't planning on giving testimony that day, but there were some real doozies yep. that were given. <laughs> and so I, I got up and gave one off the cuff, and um, that's when now <laughs> I, it's on record of her super loaf on, in the committee meeting. Um, and then... Yeah, you can hear on the recording, you can hear me like audibly like, no, <laughs> no, because I did up until like, right before she gave her vote, she said a few things. And I was like, oh, this is this is not going the way I wanted it to. But I still you got to hold on to hope until that last second. Yeah. And it was really, really devastating. <laughs> I got to say that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Have you had a chance to speak to her afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. So immediately after, um, I think this is important. Immediately after, like I stood up and went up to the, where they were sitting, everybody and was shaking hands. I shook hands with those, the two votes for yes and like thanked them. And then when I came to Lynn, she said, I'm so sorry. And I said, I don't want to hear it, Lynn. Like, <laughs> and she's like, you, I hope you don't hate me. And um, and I was just, I was very honest. And I feel like that's something we forget, like, about being, I don't know how to, a different way to say it, but like friends with the enemy. Like, I think there's sometimes in our social media culture of just like, you can't give them an inch, you can't engage. Um, but when you're in relationship with someone, no matter how horrible the things, I mean, the horrible things she said, the horrible votes she's cast, they're inexcusable. But when you're in relationship with someone, you're able to hold them more accountable, I think. And it actually means something because I'm not the enemy to her. I'm super <laughs> loaf. Um, <laughs> and so after she like wanted to give me a hug and I said, Lynn, I don't want to hug you right now. I don't want to hug you right now. I'm devastated. I'm so sad for the people of Wyoming and you made the wrong decision. Like I thought, I thought you were going to do the right thing. I thought you were the one. And I think she was really bothered by it. I'm not just being naive, but I do, I think it, it did something because she did send me an email that night, again, apologizing, like apologizing for her vote <laughs> and like thanking me for my time. And she's so glad that she met me. And, and I can't help but think that like in in this world where we're all in our bubbles, no matter how hard we try not mm -hmm. to be, like we listen to the to alternative views and we we try to be open. But really, like what changes people's minds are the people you know and love, the people you're in relationship with, right? And if mm -hmm. you're always surrounded by people who who support your bad behavior 
like to actually have somebody not yelling at you. That was one thing she said to me often was like, thank you for not yelling at me. Thank you for not yelling at me. Um, and trust me, I'm not like judging anybody yeah. that's yelled at little jinx. <laughs> like I did it. <laughs> um, but like, maybe I was the first one that had like tried to have a conversation with another human being, mm-hmm. you know? And like, like if I was the first one that she's ever been able to have this type of relationship with, like, I still have a little bit of hope for Lynn. Like she just needs more of that. She needs more interaction of that. I can only continue this work through that lens that people are persuadable and people want to do good. And they're just, they just need to be in relationship with the right types of people. And so that's how I approach everything. Call it naive, call it, I don't know what through rose colored glasses, whatever you want to call it. I, I couldn't continue this work without that mm-hmm. outlook. Cause it is, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, but that's amazing though. What advice would you give to someone else who wants to kind of build that kind of relationship with their legislator? Like what's kind of the steps or what, what do you think worked? What was the thing that kind of got you over that um, kind of disconnect that a lot of us feel with people from the opposing party? I think um, going into a conversation, not trying to persuade, but trying to understand, Mm -hmm. trying to understand how they came to that conclusion. What are their motivations? Um, I think Lynn's story is important that her main motivation is finances. And I think understanding the way she was brought up I mean, she came from a very huge place of lack. That is a huge fear for her. And it extends to all of her decisions. It, like, how are we going to pay for it? That is a deep-seated, probably trauma for her growing up with nothing. And, um, yeah, so don't, don't go into it necessarily trying to persuade but trying to understand Mm -hmm. how they came to those conclusions and then you find those pieces you find those breadcrumbs (laughs) 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 to continue on on that um those loaves of bread and yeah yeah because I think the thing that most surprised me with this one was like and some people will not like this, but like, I don't hate Lynn Hutchings after it. I don't, I think she, she truly believes she's doing the right things. She, and I have a lot of empathy like for her in, I mean, she has to bend herself to like fit this. I can't as a, um, the only black woman in our legislature, like it's, she has to cut off pieces of her to fit this mold that other people have put on her, like as a conservative black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, It really breaks my heart. And yeah, I think she's just misguided severely. And it causes a lot of like, we don't, this does not excuse. I'm not excusing. It causes a lot of damage. Um, But I also have empathy for her. Yeah. When she calls me friend, I would say like, yeah, all right, we're friends. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, I, well, I think that's important in terms of, you know, even when they are making bad decisions, they are still humans. And yeah, we, we still have the capability to connect on a certain level. Yeah. And I do a caveat to that. However, like I am a cis white woman <laughs> with <laughs> immense amounts of like, like I have a lot of privilege. I would not expect like, especially with the things that Lynn has said about the LGBT community, yeah. like this is not your work. Like you, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go in the lion's den. Like I yeah. do feel not as like a savior complex or like this is, this is hard work. And thank you, Marla. For that. Um, this is hard work, but it's not, it doesn't have to be yours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if, it takes bite marks out of your soul. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't have to do this. Protect yourself. Take care of yourself. But I feel like with my privilege, it is my duty to do this work because I am able to. Yeah. No, I think that's a very important point. If you are, it is not the duty of the oppressed to befriend no. their oppressor. Um, no. <laughs> I think yeah. That's a very good point. Because yeah, otherwise you get into that kind of like turn the other cheek stuff yeah it's like kind of misused or continue hurting people rather than right. the way that it is meant to be used yeah I do think there are people in those positions the oppressed in these situations that you can get like to a point where you feel comfortable and if you can that is some of the most powerful work mm -hmm. to be like I am this person look me in the eye that is transformative but only if you're able, because it, yeah, this is not a requirement no. for sure. <laughs> it takes yeah. a lot out of you. <laughs> yes. I still say it's amazing. I know we didn't get the result that we were hoping for, but I do so appreciate the time and energy you put into this cause and into working with your legislators so that thousands of white guys could get health care. And hopefully in the next session, uh, we'll see some more of that work pay off. Yeah. So we'll get there. Don't give up hope. <laughs> Be optimistic. Be like Marcy. <laughs> Eternal optimist. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Marcy, for your time today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Red State Blues. Enjoyed today's podcast? It would not be possible without your continued support. To donate, visit yodems.org.